Um, okay, guys, welcome to Tea with Mike, episode uh, 37 uh, with uh, Jonathan, a.k.a. Uh, Jonesy. Uh, today's crazy, cool, and fresh tea fact is placing tea bags on your eyes can reduce swelling and puffiness. If you place two steeped tea bags on your eye, uh, eyes, it can help reduce the, uh, the, the dreaded dark circles and puffy uh, red eyes. And also soothe your face. And this comes from uh, collegefashion.net. So, hey, man, welcome to the show. That's a pretty cool fact, you know. I might do that sometime. <laughs> hey, no, thanks for having me, mate. It's been a long time coming. We announced this back in August, I think. But yeah. we've, we've done it. It's cool. And then, and, then, and then just crazy schedules in the world. But now we're doing it. So let's, like, let's, let's make it a good one. So, what, so welcome, welcome to the show. Do you want to tell the, uh, the the world a little bit about you and some of the cool things you do? Of course, yeah. Um, my name's Jonesy. Um, I'm a rap artist from Leicestershire in England, where I live, and been rapping for about eight years. Pretty much what I like to do in my music is to spread positivity and pretty much um, making sure everyone has a good time and just enjoying the show. Um, one of the things I do live is like I like to give a lot of energy it doesn't matter what size audience it is I just give it 110% because you know everyone is out there to see the show so you've got to always give it every single show 110% uh, 10%. so uh, <laughs> yeah sometimes I get my words a bit, bit nipped but no um, and also other cool facts I like to play golf golf is my favorite sport so nah. So, 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 what is the smallest audience you played uh, to, and what's the biggest audience you played to? Well, the smallest audience um, is uh, <laughs> is three. Um, <laughs> it was the it's the sound engineer, the bar staff, and the doorman. No that, one turned had, up. That's cool. They had their own private show. That's a very <laughs> It's a memory that they'll think about, like that time when I, I was working. <laughs> I was getting paid to go to a concert, a private concert. Yeah. Also, um, my biggest audience is potentially going to be about six, seven thousand people. Um, I performed like a Christian event in my hometown uh, called Leicester at the Cross. That's and cool. Then I've also uh, supported the Vamps in 2013, and that was a very good gig. I absolutely was mesmerized over that that was great so um yeah and, and so also in your bio you 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 um you've done some work with the bbc right the british broadcasting corporation yes um it was my local council that actually contacted me and said um they wanted a rap artist to do a song about littering just to raise awareness because um you know no one likes litter in the streets so it was a song to get out there to raise awareness about uh, littering campaign and everything. So, um, yeah, um, they approached me and I didn't realise, but it got onto BBC and then I got interviewed by the BBC. It was only East Midlands today, so it's only the East Midlands area. That's but still cool. That's still a still, good achievement. It's still cool, yeah. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And so, so, so was there anything that you took away or you kind of, like, learnt from... Uh, do, doing that piece of work? Piece um, of- well, one of the things that I've learned a lot was um, I really enjoy working with other people as well. So it opened my eyes to 
wanting to get more involved in other campaigns. So after that, I did the uh, anti-bullying campaign and uh, Lives Not Knives to raise awareness about anti-knife crime, because unfortunately there is a lot of it in the UK mm. at the moment. And so I worked with the local police actually on that, and uh, we wrote a song featuring another rap artist friend of mine called Lucky C. And uh, we released that song, and hopefully it's doing something. <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's, it opened my eyes to wanting to do more meaningful topics, such as bullying, knife crime, and things that ma- mean a lot to me. Like, there's a lot of wars going off in this world still, so I like to write songs to tackle that, to pretty much say that we need to all stop fighting and hating each other. We need to like, learn about respecting and loving each other as humans. So that's what I want to do more about. So, so, um, so you touched on it a little bit, but just maybe expand a little bit more de- de- yeah. in detail about what what's the significance of um, uh, rapping about music yeah. that, that means something, and how does that affect the performance, and what does it mean to you personally? Kind of tie it that way. And um, well, uh, I don't know. I, it's just like more for me. Um, so when I perform live, one of the things I love to do is, yes, I like to have my meaningful songs. I like to draw the audience in with my meaningful songs, but I also like to have a party. I'm all about partying as well. So I like to get everyone jumping up and down as much as I can. And uh, interacting with the audience is important as well. So, 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 so um, you, you're playing a gig. Like, yeah. So now, obviously, it depends on the type of gig, but yeah, let's say it's an outdog gig, and let's say you've got a 20-minute set. How many songs can you do in 20 minutes, and what type of tone do you have to your yeah. songs? That was something light, and then, what do you go? <laughs> <laughs> um, in 20 minutes, it depends on the type of gig, because if it's like um, cafe style where everyone's sitting down, then potentially six songs because I like to talk in between my songs, reason why I wrote it. But if I did a standard 20 minute gig at a festival, it'd probably be about nine songs. It would be like a medley and it will all be continuous as one track and I'll just get everyone going crazy and just send people on a journey through that 20 minutes as much as I can. So yeah, I like to, I like to, you know, adapt to the surroundings of what the gig is. And so festivals will be more about upbeat, going crazy and having a good time. And then with the tone of what's already yeah. happened for you. Yeah, what's definitely. It? Yeah. And then obviously sit down cafe style. It will be more about, you know, introducing the songs and telling why I uh, wrote the song and probably more toned down songs. So, yeah. So, so we, you mentioned a couple of locations. What's the what's the most like unique location you've ever performed at? Performed in? Um, hmm. I performed at a few. Pl- I performed in uh, Norway before as well. Done a gig in Norway because I used cool. to do a lot of work with a mate called Alexandru. So I used to collaborate a lot with a Norwegian mate of mine. Um, oh, I, that's a tough one. Um, because every gig is unique in its own way because you don't know what to expect until you do it really. Um, but I don't, I don't know. That's a, that's a really tough one to be fair. <laughs> I, I think the most unique one is Leicester at the cross. I mean, yes, it was a big audience, but it was more 
meaningful to what it was about to me being a Christian myself. So it was, it had a lot more meaning behind it to do a Christian festival. So I think it really reached out to me a lot more. Nice. And so, so obviously, obviously you're an artist. Do you prefer, and a rapper, so, so you're not in a band. So do you prefer to write music and form by yourself or do you like to do uh, lots of collaboration? Oh, I love doing collaborations. Absolutely love it because, um, well, it's the day and age we're living in now in the charts. Everyone's collaborating with each other. And I have a big thrill of working with another artist. And I especially love when I go down to gigs, just stepping up on stage with a live band and just singing the song with them. I did it recently at a birthday bash. We did a Beastie Boys Fight for Your Rights party. And um, it was amazing just stepping on stage with a live band. There is more energy behind it because with a live band, you've got all your members beaming off each other's energy. I mean, you could do it solo. It took me a while, but I got to the stage now where I feel comfortable going on stage on my own. But going on stage with other people, as I say, you're beaming off each other's energy and it just gives a more unique taste of the live performance. But nice. And so what would you say is the hardest thing about performing? Is behind the scenes or on the stage, it could be whatever. Yeah. Um the hardest thing about performing is different aspects of that. So some people it's getting up onto that stage to actually start their performance um for me it's not necessarily getting up on stage now it's more to the fact that let's say for instance if the crowd is not feeling it then you need to try and diverse sometimes it's the hardest decision to be like right scrap that i'm not going to do that song next i'm going to do this hopefully this will make the crowd go a bit more into it so it's about decision-making live on the stage, making the right decision to do the next song. Mm. I think that's personally for me. So, so you, t- can't, you touched on it a little bit. So how hard is it to gauge different audiences and to really sense, do I do this song next? Do I mix up the order? Is the energy wrong? That must be quite yeah. challenging, right? Oh, yes. It is definitely uh, really tough because I've had that sort of situation quite a few times before. Um, for instance, um, when... Let's say uh, I performed to I performed for some elderly people before. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> and I've done some really nice, like my song "Letter to Dad" or I do my song um, "Lives Not Knives." And then I think this one time I actually did do a really upbeat song, and they were like, "Oh, it's too loud. It's too good." <laughs> so that's I think that was a funny decision, really, but. Um, no, it, it just shows that it's also about your target audience to, you know, find out about what the gig that's coming. Know your target audience and then get yourself prepared. I usually prepare all my set list for a live gig three or four weeks in advance. So I know exactly what I'm doing and be prepared with a backup just mm-hmm. in case. So I always do that. How many, bla- how, how many uh, backup plans sh- should you have when you go to a gig? For whatever reason, the weather is a change in location. Mm. You're expecting yeah. it to be big, and now it's a small space. All those yeah, sorts of things. Um, I would say, as a rap artist, because a lot of rappers will have their tracks on the memory stick or a CD. Um, I tend to bring mine on a laptop. I always like to, because obviously on a CD it could skip and not work. Memory stick may not work in their laptop, so I always oh, bring yeah, mine. Depending on the file format, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
I always bring my own laptop and I have a lot of set lists that I've done in previously gig, previous gigs. I have them ready just in case. I, it's more of one of those where I will get to a gig early, about two, three hours before this, my set is on due. Then um, I will look at the audience, see how they're feeding it, and I'll choose the right set list and I'll just go for it. Oh, well, and, I like, and I like to also say hello to people and introduce myself saying, oh, I'm performing later on. So I think it's really good and important to engage with your audience and not just be one of those who performs and goes you know i think it's good to talk to audience because they're the ones who want to buy your cds so you've got to talk to them so that's actually that's actually cool because i, I might be wrong but you don't, you don't hear about it regularly about artists like connecting with fans but like before yeah. the show before the show and yeah. and, and the overall event apart from just their like own individual act too so that's that's kind of cool. I think I think it's really important because, as you say, how do you build up an audience without interacting? And um, I think it's the most important thing to do is always interact with them. And so, awesome. And then, so, um, are you doing music full time? I don't actually. Um, this is a big hobby of mine that I hope goes into a full time, uh, or at least part time. It's just something I'm absolutely passionate about and I put my heart and soul into it uh even I work full-time as well and um I work in retail so around it I try and do music as much as I can and they all know at my retail place that um how important it is for me so I tend to get festivals off most of this summer and um yeah it's it's just it's just my heart and soul, and hopefully one day you never know. Uh, one of my songs may okay. go viral. <laughs> uh, you're really, I think you're really lucky and fortunate in that sense that you have an employer that recognizes something that you're super passion, passionate about yeah. and, and and lets you fulfill that to as much yeah. as you can. It's really. I mean, cool. it's not it's not all the time they let me off. It's sometimes no. go, oh sorry, you got to work. Sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> you've had too many weekends off. Can't have it more off. <laughs> but no, nah, it's all right. It, it's, it's the most part. It's working out. Yeah. Awesome. And so, do you, do you have you not you can talk generally, but do you have any tactics and strategies or a game plan on how you're gonna try and transition and make it a full time thing? And one of the things, oh, as a, oh, well, as want to play it, etc., etc. Yeah, totally one of the things I'm doing now is um, collaborating with other artists is really important, and I think that really helps you to uh, engage with the audience more because you're showing that you have a more collaborative side. And also, one of the things that I'm working on for next year is, um, well. You're first to hear this. Well, everyone else is going to hear this, but I'm working on a rock-style rap album. I want to get into that Linkin Park-style vibe. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to doing something a bit different out of my context. But, you know, it's one of those, if I never make it into 140, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, a lot of artists didn't make it till late, like Macklemore. He didn't make it yeah. till maybe 30s, I think, about that sort of time, you know. It's still a bit of a hope, oh, yeah. but it's, yeah. <laughs> it makes you happy, right? And you, and you, yeah. I'm sure you've met some cool people, and that's just oh, as yeah. important at the same time, right? It is. I, I've met some of my best friends in Norway. I've got, 
I literally call them like family now. Uh, my mum and I, we go to Norway every single year near enough. And um, yeah, I met them through music and they're like my closest that's friends. Cool. So yeah. it works. Now you become friends and now you go visit. Yeah. That's just cool in itself because not every, there's only a small percentage of people, if you look at the overall world, that yeah. achieve something like that. So that's an achievement in itself. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm really happy with it as well. It's so cool. You know, you can make some amazing friends through music. But as I say, the only way you do that is to talk before a show and after show. You don't just pop up, do your performance, say hi, yeah, yeah, and go. Uh, I don't think people personally for me appreciate that much. People like to see that you take the time because if, you, if, you, if it means a lot to you, you would use that time to invest in others and they'll invest back in you. That's how I think it works. Do you think that's been a do you think that's been a bit of an attitude shift compared to maybe 10, 20 years ago when everybody just showed up and left? I think so. Yeah. It's definitely the best attitude to have um, is to not just, as I say, not just show up, do a performance and go. I mean, not all of us are prince or you know, Eminem and stuff like that. You I mean you gotta to get to that status? <laughs> so. Which very few do. So you. Oh, like, thanks, man. Back to being happy and <laughs> doing doing what you kind of love. No, so I'm you happy. Said your, so you said in your bio that you gave me a long time ago that that you that you, that you liked songwriting and stuff. Yep. As, do you write most of your songs? Um, every single lyric from the first ever song I've ever written ever is always been 100% me. That's awesome. I, 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 I believe in artistship, doing your own lyrics. And because it will come from, I think, hopefully people appreciate it more when it's your own lyrics. Obviously, there's a lot of ghostwriters out there. Like Drake doesn't write his own songs or most of his songs because he has somebody else to do it for him. Now, I believe, you know, a song is more meaningful when you put your own words on it and it, it comes from the heart more. So I think it's, yeah, 100% I like to write my own lyrics. So. Because that's kind of, if I'm not wrong, the definition of an artist, like the whole like craft and the, yes. the whole package versus if you're, you're a performer, if you're performing sort of yep. something that else has written. So you could, you, one could argue that Drake is more of a performer than he is artist. Yeah, definitely. He, obviously, he's got a certain level of talent to be able to pull yeah. it off and memory yeah. and rhythm. You can't knock those things, but it's, it's, it's the terminology that you use, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, there's, um, if you look at towards like Eminem, he 100% writes his own lyrics and um, he has an art. art like he's so good at what he does and obviously he's a lyrical genius everyone knows that he's he's really good and lots of people look up to him in the rap world because i yeah even when i was in school i know people well not that necessarily want to be rappers but when you said rap just said Eminem, right yeah definitely definitely i mean yeah definitely for me um i grew up listening to eminem uh tupac biggie all the good rappers i mean Nowadays, I don't listen to rap music. I'm more into my rock music and everything. Uh, stuff like Linkin Park, Muse, uh, a bit of Bon Jovi and all that. But obviously, I still listen to the original rappers like J. Cole, um, Eminem, all that. I think 
there is a lot of good rappers out there, but they're not heavily in the mainstream because mainstream has been surrounded by uh, mumble rap is what the new term is. And I'm what, not... A, what's mumble rap? Um, you heard the song Gucci Mane or something? <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, um, ah, the, the bad and bougie. Bad and bougie. <laughs> No, do I, do, I, do I rap a little bit of it? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. It's not a very good song. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, it's mumble rap. It's, um, music of today is rap style, but with a lot of auto-tune on top, and it just sounds... Oh, okay. So it's really less about the lyrics, and it's been mixed heavily. Is that a good... Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> not a fan, so, not a fan. So what's, what's, what's kind of one festival that you that you haven't played it that you'd ultimately like to play at um everyone will probably answer this as the well glastonbury is going to be the one glastonbury or coachella but obviously i'm not that big yet so you never know in the future but glastonbury coachella they will be absolutely amazing main stage as well <laughs> oh see so you You've been doing music and songwriting your entire life? Uh, yeah, um, I started out, I'm 30 now. I started out when I was about 13, 14 back in school. Um, but back then I was just writing songs in class on pieces mm. of paper. I didn't really start until the age of 20, 21 when I uh, was working on my first album, which just to let you know is not very good. It's rubbish, but <laughs> we all have to start. I'll start from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> On that note, I'll interject fast. Like, you should go back and watch Tea with Mike episode one. It's it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, sir. Uh, I do that too. I look back on my old original music and I'm like cringe to myself. I'm like, oh gosh, they really made that. But no, um, yeah, I've been doing it since the age of 21, and I released my new album last year called ULP, which stands for Unity, Love, Peace, and it's one of my most oh it's i'm just so proud of it i'm just so proud of it i put my heart into it and uh, every single song means a lot to me and um, oh now right put them it's it's how people can like go listen to it yeah yeah of course um it, it, all my it, music's on spotify itunes everything so 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 because i'll put the links in afterwards so give it a little 30 second pitch on why someone should go listen to ulp why they should yeah Okay, you should listen to ULP because it's all about unity, love, peace. It would just make you want to respect life more and be out there more. And you know what? Love wins all. Um, just go and check it out. I just don't know what to say. Just check it out, man. It's just... <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Unity, love, peace. I'll put the link in. You any good at golf? Um, I was back in my younger days. <laughs> I make it sound like I'm really old now. Uh, no, um, when I used to play heavily, um, I was not too bad. I, my handicap will be about 20-ish. It's not bad. But, you should uh, got a handicap. Yeah. Well, I think it was about 20, but I think now it would be about 30. <laughs> um, but I, I, um, I used to study Tiger Woods' swing, and I used to try and really like play like him. He's uh, my golf idol, shall I say? Um, Have you ever been to any golf tournaments? 
Yes, um, I went to the British Open, actually. Not the Open, but the British Open. And I saw um, Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, and Colin Montgomery. I was following their group. And I was mesmerised by, wow, these guys can hit it far. Yes. (laughs) In comparison, when I'm trying to get to 220 yards from a driver and they're 300, just, oh, dear. And, and I'm sure, and I'm sure you appreciate the game a lot more in person versus on the TV. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Could you, you see all the thought that goes into each like stroke more if you're following like a specific group and, and their emotions? Ah, oh, they yes to their caddy. So yeah, definitely. See on TV because they're all flicking all over the place. Well, yeah, they have to cover the whole field of well, 18 holes, and at one time there will be about. 40 groups out there so they have to keep flashing back and so imagine how many cameras are out on the field <laughs> must be really challenging to decide like where to go next in golf yeah. well that's why, that's why there's always a delay i bet on tv like a five minute live delay because um obviously they won't be able to do it live live because they'll be like where do we go where do we go <laughs> that's very true actually you don't really think about it you just think you're watching the latest yeah definitely Ah, uh, fantastic. <laughs> nice, dude. Is there, is, there, is there anything you want to kind of add or close with for the last couple of minutes? Um, yeah, so, yeah, guys, if you want to check out my music, just go out there and uh, just go on Spotify, and it's Jonesy, J-O-N-E-Z-Y. Uh, follow my YouTube, uh, Jonesy Music, Facebook, Jonesy Music UK. Also, follow T with Mike as well, because this guy's pretty cool. Thanks, man. You know, he should take over Jimmy Fallon or something at some point. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be fun. That's nice, man. I, I, think, I think we'll end it here. It's a good place to end it. Obviously, send me all your links and I'll put them all below. And Just drink we'll... my cup of water. <laughs> See, he fooled you all thinking he was drinking tea. I drink coffee way too oh, much. Oh, and what is your favourite tea to end the episode this time? I do actually, I do like tea. I don't like all these standard teas like PG tips. But I do like herbal teas, um, the ones that have the really nice like lemon flavours and all that. I really like those, um, especially when I've had colds before. Um, herbal teas are amazing to get rid of colds. So I'm always having herbal teas when I've got a cold. I don't have a particular flavour, but I just like them. Because it's got, it's got flavour. <laughs> so, 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 so the tea's got flavour. This episode had energy and flavour. Uh, thanks for watching uh, Tea with Mike, uh, episode 37. Uh, thanks, Jonathan, for being on the show. No worries. Thank you so much, man.